Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right. We're live on video. Stand by for audio. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So today, we're going to be digging in with a new guest co-host, and this is going to be a healthy, focused podcast episode. Uh, so real quick before I dive into her bio so you get to know a little bit more about her, uh, a quick reminder, we don't do ads and, and annoying commercials on this show, so please, if you find this content today valuable, please share it. Uh, please get people to subscribe, and please help uh, other people learn what you're learning today. And uh, heck, while you're at it, throw a review in there while you're at it. So thank you. Anyway, without further ado, uh, this young lady has got a heck of a background, and I'm going to go ahead and preface her bio. We're going to talk about some hormones today. That's right. We've talked about this a few times in the show before, but I'm excited to see where this is going to go. So she's a functional medicine provider who helps men and women build sustainable and optimal health and longevity so that they can focus on what matters most to them, not her you. Uh, so she has been working as a nurse practitioner since 2009. And in my book, that's basically the same thing as a doctor. Uh, she completed her doctorate focusing on estrogen metabolism, again, hormones, from the University of Iowa in 2011. She also has a master's in metabolic nutritional medicine from the University of South Florida's medical school. Uh, she clearly likes education. And I'm going to skip ahead here because I got something fun to mention. She's completed an advanced fellowship in anti-aging regenerative and functional medicine in 2013, and she has become, or really became, the first BioT, first time I've used that on this show, BioT, B-I-O-T-E, ladies and gentlemen, certified provider in Iowa to administer hormone pellets. I don't even know what a hormone pellet is, but that happened in 2013 too. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring her on. Dr. Stephanie Gray, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for that elaborate introduction. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. Um, I, I, I usually try and shorten the bios as much as I can, but there was a few key things I'm like, I got to make sure we understand before we even dig into this episode that people better keep listening because you clearly have been around the block educationally. <laughs> yeah, that all you know, cost a fortune, but <laughs> I will say I, that. I, I was, I was going to just assume <laughs> that, but yeah, I figured there's probably a price tag behind a bunch of that. <laughs> but bottom line is, you know, all of that knowledge, how that translates is really into helping me assist my patients get to the root cause of their problems. So, so. When, so you really got this all going in 09, right? According yeah, to your bio. Yeah, and yeah. then you, you just kept adding in a few more chunks of knowledge uh, in 13 again. And then are, are you done for a while? Are you, are you feeling pretty good? I think so. My husband says, yes, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, besides all that too, you, you also became an author. We'll, we'll dig in that on today's episode as well. And, and you also co-founded a, a nutraceuticals company with your husband, as you just mentioned. Yes. Uh, shout out to Eric. He's not on today. But, uh, and then obviously you have your own integrative health and hormone clinic. We hinted Iowa in Hiawatha, Iowa. So yep. you guys are busy. We are busy, but we love what we do. I feel very blessed. I get to go to work every day and really help patients achieve optimal health. It's very rewarding. It's not well, easy always, and, but it's very rewarding. And real quick for the, for the listeners, if you pause this and you wanted to go and just look up her bio, look up stuff, I mean, it's all going to be on, the, on livethefuel.com too, but go to ihhclinic.com. So integrative health and hormone clinic. So ihhclinic.com. And uh, we'll do some screen sharing for the video watchers today as well. But I want to get all that out there as you and I start digging in. So, cause that's the beauty of uh, podcasting. People can pause sure. and go dig in and come back. So, yeah. 
Well, anyway, so what I got to, I got to, I got to get the roots. I got to get the roots. Why? I mean, I have, I've become more of a health and fitness junkie really in the past 20 years. I'm 41 now. Uh, in my twenties, I didn't really understand it. I was just like jumping in and out of gyms, trying to figure it out. Years later became a spinning instructor. I mean, I was a ski race coach. I'm a CrossFit trainer. Like I've always had health and fitness integrated, you know, your word into my life. So, and it's, it's amplified really in the past five to 10 years since the firefighting. So what got you really niched into this back before 09? I would say my childhood. So I was born in uh, Nebraska, actually, and I live in Iowa. Shout <laughs> but... out to Nebraska. It's the <laughs> longest state to drive across besides Texas ever. Because I've done boring. it. Yeah, very boring. <laughs> you guys have beautiful farm country, very flat. We need farmers. My whole family farms, yeah. Um, oh, we have something in common. I grew up on a farm. Awesome. Yeah. So I was very lucky that my parents were always taking us to the chiropractor. They were self-employed themselves, so we had a high deductible. So it was, we were always on the path to remain healthy. We didn't want to go to the doctor because it would cost money, right? So I'm with you. My parents were growing wheatgrass juice on the kitchen counter. They weren't hippies or anything like that. But Wait, they, what year was this? Just growing up. This um, is like so the 90s? I'm 35. So okay, you're right behind me. So 80s yeah. and 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I wow. think they were a little bit ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, I remember them driving me hours to see certain chiropractors um, who, you know, hopefully could help us. I mentioned before we started recording, I was a gymnast, so I had a few injuries, so I did need to, you know, keep on top of those, those things. But I think I was just blessed to be raised in a family that really pursued health. We ate home cooked meals. We never really ate out. Um, so I was raised in that with that sort of mentality, and then I knew I wanted to. I guess be a doctor per se, but I don't like the word doctor. <laughs> um, I decided to go to nursing school and I knew I wanted to become a nurse practitioner right away because I wanted to have the ability to prescribe if needed. There's a time and place for medication. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's pause on that. I think a lot of people don't understand the power of a nurse practitioner. Like I have so many friends cause I live here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, hour North of Philly, hour and a half West in New York city for your benefit. And we have, huge hospitals here. One of my clients is a uh, oncologist that I, I raised money for for years, years ago for his cancer vaccine research and everything else. So, but I, but I don't go to a MD. So I'm with you. I, I do Cairo, I do massage. I'm a health, I'm a natural path uh, as far as my lifestyle, but to your benefit, um, I don't understand why people don't understand the power of a nurse practitioner sometimes, but I'm really, until I dug into it, I didn't know either. So I think people need to understand why, that is a valuable profession. Could you sure. help us out understand that? Yeah, yeah. So nurse practitioners obviously start as nurses and nurses should have the framework of treating patients from a more holistic perspective. So really see, um, seeing the biopsychosocial, cultural, spiritual self and working to treat that. And so I think their approach, um, many times they are females. There are male nurse practitioners, but many times they are females. Um, they are very- um, What do you think the percentages on that? Like 80, 20? I mean, I, in my class, um, there was one male. So I think if there are well, any males out there, there's like 98%. Great scholarships, great scholarships available to <laughs> males who are wanting to enter that field. Um, but generally speaking, I think nurses listen to patients. They're very patient. You know, they're more nurturing, whatnot. And so I wanted to continue on with that holistic perspective, but still have prescriptive privileges. And so I did go to grad school to become a nurse practitioner. And luckily in the state of Iowa, we have total autonomy. So I have a independent practice. I don't have to work under a medical doctor or a DO. Some wow. states, 
nurse practitioners do? And I don't know, like Pennsylvania, I don't know New York. Most no. of the nurse practitioners, I have a friend, she's a nurse practitioner, and I yeah. believe that she is associated or connected under an MD in the practice, but uh, yeah. it's weird. Uh, I didn't know that was a rule. Yeah, so, and hopefully legislation will change on a national level where in every state nurse practitioners will be able to practice independently. Hmm. Partially, I think, because I'm in the Midwest and there are a lot of baby boomers here. We need more providers. We need what nurse practitioners are often called, which is a mid-level provider. Um, they're desperate for help. And so I think that's part of why maybe we have more rights and more autonomy in these states. But that's what has allowed me to really build an integrative or functional medicine practice because there's no guarantee that I could have found a true medical doctor who you know, would allow me to practice under them this in this manner. So fun tie to business. So would you say that thanks to the state you're in and thanks to those state yeah. level laws, it really yeah. helped create some of the freedom you needed to get going as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's an interesting clarification. I think yeah. a lot of people get into healthcare, quote healthcare, because I've joked around about this many times on the show, how you want to define healthcare these days. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, I hear, there's just, I hear NC, there's so much struggle. Because people like you are passionate and they want to help people. But then many, many times you fall, especially in the MD space, you fall into what I like to call um, the Henry Ford, little history there, people, uh, uh, the Henry Ford of, of medical care, meaning if people understand where I'm going with there, obviously the founder of Ford Motors Automobiles, you know, he, he was the founder or the creator of like the first legit like assembly line, like providing efficiency. So people think there's efficiency there, but I'm actually making fun of it because now doctors are, you're, you're a checkbox. They, they have per the insurance company's guidelines. I can only be with you for so much time. They don't always tell you this, but they're, that's why they're in and out. And you're just, Oh, you have these symptoms here, this drug. Oh, you have these symptoms here. Here's another pharmaceutical band-aid drug. That's what I like to call them. I don't know if you use that term. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you think that. about my little pharmaceutical band-aid? Is that inappropriate? Oh, we had a commercial with that analogy. <laughs> Are All you right. I like approach you. To healthcare? Yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I was definitely in the minority. I was a female. I was young because I went into private practice almost straight away. I was a nurse practitioner. I have a doctor, but you know, I, I, I was practicing as a nurse practitioner and I was trying to do functional medicine in Iowa, which is not a very progressive state otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing is we, this niche was needed. You know, we're highly in demand and we don't have a ton of competition, which is nice for business also. So patients who are really looking for this care will seek us out. Well, so I, I can tell you, growing up in a farm family, even though I was born in New Jersey, we had a dairy farm there. And then I was not old enough to really remember the dairy farm per se, because we moved. And then sure. my, my father wanted us to grow up around farming. So he bought us, he had a small farm here in Pennsylvania that we moved to. And then I, I was there from like fifth grade until college. And like we, we rented the fields out another. Are you there? Well, that was weird. All right. Pardon that split second. I like to be transparent. So there was like all of a sudden a massive power surge or power outage and we literally split second, we're right back. So as I was trying to say, yeah, grew up on the dairy farm, moved to Pennsylvania. We wanted to grow up on farming. We handed off the fields to another farmer to, to take care of and he would just, you know, give us a load of hay every year. Uh, this is all before all the excessive corn and soybean. I can get off on another whole podcast on that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can agree with me. Mm -hmm. uh, like we actually fed cows alfalfa um, 
<laughs> anyway, we, he just wanted us to grow up around that. And, but I saw some of the struggle th- uh, through my father being, like to this day, he's still a cattle broker. And my younger brother has his own uh, business as a cattle yeah. broker. Yeah. We don't have the farm anymore, but they, we didn't have traditional medical. I hate to use that word traditional, medical care. I'd like to hear your clarification on traditional in a second. <laughs> but we didn't go to the MDs all the time unless literally he had a cow roll over and snap his leg years ago when I was a kid. So then he had to go to the doctor. Right. And then he ignored the doctor and two days later started going back to work with a cast on his leg because that's my father. <laughs> I was like, because he had to make money. You know, we had to, we had to keep a food on the table and roof over the head. And years later, they really don't go to the MD unless they absolutely have to. Uh, yeah. They found a, a more integrative, guys actually Russian trained, Russian educated, more integrative medicine where they live here in central Pennsylvania, about an hour from me. And they, again, chiropractic. So they, they stay more on the wellness side. And yeah. I think big of it because they get pay cash out of pocket and they just yeah. don't want to deal with the yeah. medical pharmaceutical stuff. What do you think of that? Well, those are our best patients, to be honest, <laughs> because I'll, I want to comment on a couple of things you're saying. So one, what we do is not covered by insurance. And so oh. some individuals who are used to, I don't want to use the word entitlement, but you know, some patients who have grown up never having a deductible on their insurance, they can go to the doctor and get antibiotics anytime they want. They're not paying anything. You know, they don't quite understand the value of paying for someone's time out of pocket versus a lot of self-employed or entrepreneurs, farmers, whatnot. You know, yeah. Those are our best patients um, because they do understand that value. Uh, but I want to go back to what traditional medical care may be. Yeah, I, I, I had to throw that word in there because I even <laughs> caught myself. I'm like, ooh, like, well, how do you define traditional? <laughs> well, so I do think we need traditional medical care. And a colleague of mine, I didn't create this analogy, but I do mention it in my book, um, discusses kind of how, I guess I'll go into his analogy. So Dr. Patrick Flynn's a chiropractor and he created the fireman versus a carpenter approach. So he describes conventional or you could say traditional medicine as being more the fire department, right? Just like your father, if he broke his leg, whatnot, he needed the fire department to put out his fire. He needed to go, he didn't need to go see a chiropractor or a naturopath. (laughs) He needed to see a traditional medical doctor who could you know, help with that emergency. Yeah, we could tie a fire. Uh, years ago, there was a great Time magazine cover and it was a picture of fire and it was, it was one of the earlier articles that I remember them finally starting to bring to light the impact of inflammation on disease. Yes. And, and uh, I just want to tie that all together real quick while you're going because yeah. I know you, you're with me on this. Inf- inf- inflammatory responses in the body is your body trying to tell you something right. that's not good. You have a, literally a fire building within you uh, in a bad way. So. Absolutely. And we could maybe talk about that next, how inflammation is the root cause of all disease. But uh, going back to that analogy, so with that fire department approach, your dad needed to see traditional medicine or that, that fire department to put out the fire, but the fire department's tools are really drugs and surgery. That's all. That's all they have to offer. And there's a time and place for drugs and surgery. We need them. We have the best emergency medical care. If you get hit by a car here in the United States, we have the best emergency medical care. Challenges upon being discharged from traditional medicine, you're not always taught how to prevent future fires, right? Hmm. And that's where what we do comes in. We're more as a functional medicine provider, a contractor or a carpenter, as I discuss in my book, helping patients build a healthier body using functional medicine principles because we want to get to the root cause. We want to determine if the patient has inflammation and figure out those triggers and, you know, put out that fire without hopefully having to use drugs and surgery. Hmm. Would this be the book? 
Oh yeah, I was wondering what you're doing with the screen. Uh (laughs) Welcome to my Zoom world. Yes, we do. uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen, hearing this, we do a lot of video now on YouTube and I'm screen sharing her book, Your Longevity Blueprint. So are you, is this available on Amazon too? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm just happy to share it from, uh, Google brought it up faster on Barnes and Noble. So shout out to BNN. <laughs> That's a pretty good price too. I don't think you can beat that. But. Oh, okay. There we go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Right now it's advertised for 1327. So it's 349 pages. It's a pretty big book. Oh, so wait, fun. how many words do you know? Do you remember? Oh, 90,000, something like that. Something okay. Like I literally wrote one third of what you wrote. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> moving my book into editing now. And I was like, I kept it just around 30,000. So that's so exciting. That's but so you're exciting. a doctor. So I feel like you need to get into 90,000 worth of content. <laughs> I'm telling about the lifestyle transformation, the lessons learned of serving in public service as a firefighter and, you know, yeah. the, 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 the hot shot mindset. Uh, that's, that's the purpose behind my book. And then I'm going to be selling it to give it back to uh, money. All that money's going to go to fallen firefighters. So wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. I didn't want to leave anything out. You know, I, yeah. I thought maybe a, a patient wants to read about gut health, maybe about hormone health, but what if there's a patient with Lyme disease or mold? But you have to admit uh, now that I'm becoming, I'm becoming more of an author. Yeah. You still end up leaving something out. I mean, it's just I like, know. especially I nowadays, I mean, 90,000, that's that like, 300 plus pages. Is like you go girl. <laughs> but I'm just like, man, as I continuously dig into the inflammatory knowledge and I bring on geneticists and other doctors on the show, it's just like, it's never ending. And I know. You, you, should, you would probably have no problem coming out with a blueprint too. Oh, it's in the works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little hint. I wanted to see where you were going to go with that. So, so you've already begun, huh? Yes. This one's more focusing on fertility and hormones specifically, mm. but yes. I got I to gotta hook you up with a buddy of mine, uh, Dr. Anthony J. Uh, he okay. wrote the book Estro Generation. Cool. Sounds right and, up my yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's out in- Write that down. Somewhere. In, no, no. I think he's in Minnesota. He's doing research with the Mayo Clinic right now. Cool. And uh, quick segue on him. He, I had no idea that he does uh, analysis on 23andMe data. Yeah. So I had a 23andMe done and he's like, you didn't have to yeah. waste the money on the health side of it. He's like, you should have just gotten the genetic, you know, your genetic history. Yeah. And he's like paying extra for their health analysis is a waste of money. He's like, just send me the raw data file out of the website. And then he did a full uh, supplemental and chemical analysis on my DNA. And then we did a big Facebook live uh, podcast and yeah, I had him go through all of it. So. That's what we do with our patients. Chapter three in my book is all about genetics. So it sounds like yeah. we do similar yeah, you guys, would, you guys would be like meet on like a stage together and just geek <laughs> out. So he's actually uh, launching right now the first ever carnivore study. So, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, no one's ever had the cojones to go 90 days on 100% red meat in a study. He, he's launching it now. He's got people waiting until January 1st to launch it because they want to get through the holidays. Uh, oh, I wanna, yeah. oh, I want to like go off on a tangent now, but um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very curious what happens to hormones and what happens to nutritional deficiencies on that sort of diet. So I wonder what sort of, sort of testing he's incorporating. I know for the fact he's definitely doing a, uh, a telomere test before and a telomere test after because he specifically sure. wants to see where the evidence is at on benefit or not benefit right. and impact on aging. And what happens he, to your microbiome if you're on the carnivore diet? Yeah. I, I have so many questions, so I'll just wait for his study. That's, that's another whole show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, I figured you'd, I, I had to bring that up and see where you're going to go with that. So, Because, um, I, again, I dug through your site, and you have a lot going on. Actually, I'm going to do some more screen sharing here. Um, but you guys, 
you have a 10 person practice, don't you? Um, right now. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yep. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back on the IHH clinic.com. <laughs> um, there's one of their little group photos. Yeah. You guys do a lot. And I love the fact that you try and stay more on the integrative and holistic side because clearly that's just your brand and that's what you guys stand for. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. Hormone imbalances. Wow. You got menopause. Actually, I was just telling you before the show, I have a friend of mine. Uh, she started menopause five years ago. So, and she gained about probably 30 pounds. So I've been helping her learn. I mean, again, I'm not you, but I know the power of removing sugars and grains from your life, um, cycling in and starting to reteach her body the, the, the healthy fats. But also, um, she was actually already doing intermittent fasting and didn't know it. <laughs> so, By not eating breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, so here I would appreciate your explanation on this is what is your professional opinion behind my education on breakfast defined is break fast. I say that it's, in my book. Yeah. You can yeah. break your fast when you choose. So this morning I woke up, didn't eat a thing, uh, chugged my water, made a nice, uh, uh, French press coffee, went in to go do a, a 50 minute or no, actually it was only a 40 minute long, uh, partner workout at the CrossFit gym. Still hadn't eaten yet. Uh, came back. Uh, and then I, I moved into a fatty coffee cause I had just a, a black coffee and then I made a, I call it fatty coffee. I don't call it bulletproof, whatever. Threw some grass fed butter in there and, uh, I'm drinking that right now. So, so I, I figured you'd appreciate my break, break fast. Break so. fast yeah. <laughs> yep. I tell patients that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one thirty Eastern here. So there you go. I'm finally putting some type of food, meaning those fats into my body and I've been yeah. fine. Now, granted, I've been doing this longer, so. I was like, your body's adapted. You're used yes. to that. I'm so very, I'm very more. Yes. Key, I'm not hardcore ketogenic, but I'm much more fat adapted than the average person. So, sure. and I'm very big. My client, my other client, uh, he owns the trademark NSNG, no sugar, no grains. Mm. So he's very. I mean, he's a big. I'm a big fan of that that following. So yes, yes, um, yeah. But yeah, let's go further on this. Why? No sugar. Why no grains? Why hormones? Right? Yeah. So you may not like what I have to say about dairy either, but oh, I know, I know. There's dairy stuff. I've read about it. So, um, but dairy specifically does contain growth hormones. I mean, it can fatten up baby cows, right? So, well, have, not what not what I buy. Not well. You you buy the good stuff, yeah. I just had a quarter of a cow delivered. So many many patients read online about the ketogenic diet, which I think it can be very useful for several patients, but. Mm -hmm. They immediately start eating more dairy than they ever had before and the wrong wrong type of dairy. Oh, thank you. Wrong type of dairy. Yes. I don't I, I, I what is your what is your opinion on I have to throw this in here. I have to because you just hit on it. People need to hear this. What is your opinion on mammals, us, still consuming milk, the the liquid? Yeah. I'm referring, I'm not talking about butter. I'm not talking about cheese. I'm talking about milk after like the age of four. No. No. Aren't we like the only mammal doing that? Yeah, I read, a, I read a book on that too. <laughs> so I'm with you on this because again, you, you're, you're, the segue here that I wanted to pause on for the listeners was different types of dairy, how things are sourced, how things are manufactured or processed. So, yep. Absolutely. And I'll tell you my part of my personal fertility journey, I am now pregnant as I mentioned before I started. Yes, congrats again. Eight months pregnant here. Oh, you're um, ready to go. <laughs> Um, but I had endometriosis, which I am going to talk more about in my second book. 
Um, and I did utilize some of conventional medicine, but I used a lot of functional medicine to help with fertility. And I did take dairy out. I've been gluten-free for, I don't even know how many years, five years. I'm not free of all grains, but I am, you know, 100% gluten-free. And I needed to go dairy-free. And I do believe dairy, there's a lot of research supporting dairy feeding endometriosis, which is abnormal growth, right? If you think of the uterine lining, you don't want to have abnormal growth there, but outside the uterine lining either. And so right. I really believe taking, I, and I took all, I mean, 100% all dairy out. Not that everyone has to do that, but if they're suffering with hormonal concerns with endocrine disruption, then I think taking dairy out can be very beneficial. I know it benefited me. Personally. Well, so I, I'm a big supporter. And like my friend, I was telling you about, I'm, I've been teaching her, um, I, I do I do a process called nutritional cleansing. So you have to be yeah. in a fasted state. You're helping your body, those organs take that 24 to 48 hours off, depending on which cycle you're doing. I never go more than 48 hours. And and I'm using a program that I've been using since 2010. And you're saying, hey, great, you're not processing fats and proteins and all this stuff. You're giving those organs the day off or two days off. And then you're allowing that body to rest, recover, heal. And then it's focusing just on attacking your visceral fat, releasing what's being stored in those fat cells back into your system. And hopefully your body is, is healthier now to cycle that back out. So that's a very short skinny on that's what great. I can talk about. So that's I figured great. you would support that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's true because people don't realize that. It's like, you and I joked around about it earlier. It's like, well, you go to the gym, you go to the gym, you go to the gym, fitness-wise. Okay, mm -hmm. well, how are you cycling in your proper rest and recovery? And people don't think about that from a nutritional standpoint and the organs and digestion and all of that. And I'm, I'm guessing this is something you heavily dig into uh, because what you just hinted at, when you take that out. Well, I, I learned that years ago too. I'm like, okay, let's remove stuff. And then if you start bringing it back in, once you're clean and right. your body responds in a negative way, because that's the beauty of a healthy body and a healthy mind is it'll talk, it starts talking to you. You can right. feel it. And it's like, wait a minute. I, for some reason, don't like green peppers. They just, after my first detox over eight years ago, I went to eat that. And it, my gut was not happy. <laughs> well, as you know, they're part of the toxic alkaloid family, the solanines. Yeah. Isn't that, a, is it a nightshade? Yes, it's a nightshade. Yeah. Also known as, that's easier way I should say nightshade, but uh, many patients don't do well with. And I have patients who come to me who want to lose weight, who are doing CrossFit or who are running marathons or whatnot, and they still can't get rid of certain types of fat on their body. Uh, so I think for many of these patients, we do need to focus on taking certain food groups out. We need to look at nutritional deficiencies. We need to look at their hormones. Uh, we also need to look at specifically the cortisol to see if that's all jacked up because many times my patients are over-exercising and over-training. Their cortisol is jacked up all day long and they wonder why they can't sleep at night and not lose weight. I do not have your education, but that is something that I have self-taught myself and I've learned yeah. from over the years is that people underestimate the power of a proper rest day or mm -hmm you know, interval training, right? Hey, take this, this day off. And just like, especially when you're doing fasting, detoxing and cleansing, like I don't, I don't work out that day. And people right. are like, well, you, you need to, to keep your metabolism. I'm like, no, it's cool, dude. Like take a legit rest day, go get a massage. Yes. Your body need, you need to honor your body's need for even mental, physical, but also mental downtime. That's something that mm. I, know I was, you know, starting a business and um, practicing full time and going to school full time. And I was very stressed out. That's kind of part of my story with writing my book. But I, my cortisol was through the roof high. And I ended up in the emergency room with my heart rate <laughs> um, just through. Was the roof. this before pregnancy, obviously? Yes. This is yeah. like five, 
years ago. You think okay. I know the date, but. <laughs> so we, mean, would you say this, was that one of the things that inspired the book? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Your own personal tra traumatic experience. Yes. And I, um, I share my story throughout the, really the front to the back of the book. I lay uh, patient testimonials in there as well. But throughout this time, my husband, who was our office manager at the clinic, said, gosh, we need to clarify all of what we offer at the practice because we don't just help with hormones or just help with nutritional deficiencies or food sensitivities. So I tried to create a blueprint for my health that could then translate into helping patients as well. So yeah, you bet my state of stress and uh, everything that was causing my symptoms <laughs> created me or, or prompted me to create this blueprint because conventional medicine really had no back to traditional conventional medicine, the fire department, they had no answers for me other than to take a medication to control my heart rate. And that, although there's it's a, a medical band-aid. Yes. There's a time and place for that. I knew that taking that medication wasn't going to tell me why, right? Why this was happening to me. I needed to figure that out. Well, so one thing that I've learned over the years, and I didn't really put it into words until recently, thanks to other professionals like you I've had on the show. And that's why I love podcasting is yes, it's, uh, I want to, I want to bring this knowledge out to the masses, but it's also like, I get to learn everything too. So I, I love it. And, uh, but I never thought about the terminology of metabolically broken, right? So, so I mean, people love to talk about metabolism yeah. and, oh, you got, you got to eat six times. I mean, I, I used to read that magazine horse shit. Uh, you know, you, you, you got to read that. You got to eat six times a day to keep the metabolism burning. You got to keep that furnace stoked. And, uh, I, I read those in men's health magazines. <laughs> How would you like to expand on that little uh, metabolically broken component. So well, I think metabolism. you should trademark that or get that in writing for someone else steals it. But cause I've <laughs> never heard that. I've never heard, I've never heard metabolically broken. Although I feel like oh. I take care of every day. Yeah. Broken. I mean, so, especially in the, yeah. uh, the aging factor or in the component of obesity, right? Because there's people who are obese and they've never actually overeaten. They've mm -hmm. just eaten yeah. a lot of the wrong stuff, broke, that process hormonally. Yep. And yep. now they've got a re actually a great author is you ever hear of Jason Fung? Mm -mm. He's a doctor. He wrote, oh. I'll have to bring him up for you. He wrote a lot of books on obesity and he wrote uh, a, a best-selling book on fasting. And uh, because he's like, guys, like part of the fasting component and everything else is like, you have to start resetting this broken process. Or in your case, you could talk to the hormone side of it. That's a broken yeah. process. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think, Partially, which maybe your other friend whose name, the, the Estro Generation guy, I didn't get his name. Oh, Dr. Anthony J, or <laughs> AKA Dr. J. We love yeah. spinning that one. So um, He probably speaks a lot to just the impact of the endocrine disrupting chemicals in the environment, really contributing to endocrine disruption in our body. So hormone challenges, which can leave us more metabolically broken too. But I think two p primary pieces that patients come to see me for at least is assessing their thyroid and their hormones comprehensively. Hmm. So, uh, because that's part of metabolism or however I want to say it. I think many patients have had their thyroid checked, but not comprehensively. They have TSH checked, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. And I think it stands for too slow to help because by the time TSH is high, patients have gained weight, they're cold, they've lost their hair, they're tired, they feel lousy. And so we do from a functional medicine standpoint, uh, we pride ourselves in the labs that we can offer patients. So we're able to look at the free T4, the free T3, the reverse T3, and the thyroid antibodies. Those antibodies are giving us some insight into if that patient does have an autoimmune disease brewing, which we consider to be a fire that needs to be put out with things like mm -hmm. diet changes, going gluten-free and whatnot. So I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. You are. 
am I wrong in saying that those autoimmune diseases, keyword disease, are reversible and curable? Yeah, I should be cautious using the word curable <laughs> just because I don't want to ever make false claims. How about reversible? <laughs> That's a better. That's is a that better. a fair? Is that a fair one? Yeah, because I know this is all touchy, and I, I don't yeah. want to put you in an awkward position. Yeah, yeah. But because it's the, the stupid drug world influenced legal BS. Um, I think they just keep ruining everything. Like you got people like you trying to help people make a difference, and you got to be careful how you say a word. Yeah. And but it's true because I say the same thing about type two diabetes. Yeah. I truly believe that is. Yep. Reversible. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. I'm sure you've helped people do it. There's a, um, another, I don't know if you've heard of Terry Walls. She's oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I'd love a, to get Terry on. That's a, that's a, well, she's, maybe I can goals list. she's a good friend and colleague. She endorsed uh, my book. She's on her knowledge base is ridiculous. Well, she's someone who reversed her autoimmune condition. She was wheelchair bound with MS, really sent home to die, essentially. And she yeah. said, I don't think so. She did her own research. You know, being she was conventionally trained, but yet she sought out functional medicine and She's in the best shape of her life. She feels amazing and she's sharing. What was her condition again? Multiple sclerosis. Yeah. So I spent yeah. years doing MS-150 rides. I'm a big cyclist. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the city to the shore from Philadelphia to Atlantic Ocean and back. And I'd raise money every year for that because I had a cousin with ALS, mm. uh, which also known as Lou Gehrig's disease for yeah. people listening to this. And it's not MS, but it's totally in the same family. Similar. Yeah. Yep. And they just didn't have a lot of big... ALS cycling events. I don't think to this day, I still don't know of one. They have an ALS walk. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I love pedaling. And so I was like, great, I will raise money for MS because I know it's all in the same circle of research and I'm hoping making the same impacts. And then unfortunately, I ended up losing my cousin to ALS. And oh, I'm sorry. I mean, he, he was a football player in high school. And then just once that disease kicked in, just shrunk to half a man wheelchair bound. Yep. Um, he, he did end up having children uh, before he passed and he, he couldn't be the, the super dad that I think he wanted to be. And stories like this, I'm just like, oh, this is what just drives me nuts when I have people saying that what I might be saying is wrong. And I'm like, I've at least taken the past 20 years to build a knowledge base and study and launch a podcast and bring people like you on because fine, don't take my word for it. Go get the book from Terry Walls. Mm -hmm. Go watch her on YouTube, mm -hmm. right? Go get your book, okay? Start becoming your own inner physician is another yeah. term that I like to use yeah. thanks to another yeah. friend of mine who co coined that one. I can't yeah. take credit for that one. I love that one. So how do you like to define inner physician? Well, I think we all have to be our own advocate. And I mean, even yes. I had to do that for myself too. To, I mean, I was a functional medicine provider, but yet it's hard to treat yourself per se. Um, so even I had to really explore, okay, what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? How do I need to change my diet and my stress life and my supplements and whatnot? Um, That's gonna be even harder for you because this came up on a podcast the other day about, I, I say all good coaches should have a coach. Yes. Because yes. you could be the most adaptive and sensitive person out there, but in the end, even, even you are not gonna always notice all those little intricacies. And that's right, the point. Right. Like if you're a great coach, you better have a coach way above you. Absolutely. And once you exhaust that person, you get another one. Same thing with you guys. I mean, yeah. how did you track down somebody that you actually trust? Well, luckily because I kind of live in the functional medicine world, I have colleagues, you know, that I can seek advice from <laughs> who can like, uh, like people you went to school with or yes, yes. Okay. yes. Um, other colleagues through my fellowship program, even Dr. Walls, yeah. I can ask her questions and whatnot. So, 
I think I'm blessed to have, what do they say? Um, oh, what's that term? I can't think of it now. It takes a tribe to raise the children or what's that? What's that term? Oh, uh, I know where you're going with this one. Oh, I can't remember it. Word it block. It takes a village. It takes a village. Yes. Yes. It takes a village. That was happening actually literally over the past 48 hours. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're recording this right before uh, the Christmas holiday. And, um, Shout out to John, by the way, real quick. You'll appreciate this. Uh, I didn't even meet this guy until yesterday. But two days ago, a mutual friend of mine that we do charity work with, he's like, hey, man, I met this kid doing some construction work in his house. Um, he lives with cerebral palsy. It was a, he was born with a genetic condition. So obviously, this is not an autoimmune disease or anything right, else. Right. But uh, my buddy and I are huge cyclists. And he's like, hey, he's like, so don't tell my wife. But I went ahead. This kid told me he's never been on a bike. And his dream is to get a hand cycle. And this kid's got a crazy backstory. Like he was born in Russia with the condition. And in, in that country and like other countries, they, th they basically throw you away. Mm -hmm. You're unwanted. They, he was deemed uh, retarded. And they put him into, this is actually a word that they used in the book. He has a book about him. And they, they deemed him unwanted, put him into this abusive, uh, they call them baby baby schools, baby houses, baby houses. So he was, it was like the, the book is called The Boy from Baby House 10. And it's about his god-awful childhood. It's just atrocious. Anyway, this woman here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, adopted him to bring him to a better world. And he's going to Penn State University here where I went to school. And I, I mean, so my buddy calls me up. I'm in a hotel in Albany, New York this week, traveling on business. He's like, hey, uh, we need to raise money because I went ahead and bought the hand bike. I already ordered it. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's $1,100. I was like, he's like, you can't tell my wife. He's like, you got to help me figure out how to raise the money in time. And I'm like, I got this. All right. I do a lot of crowdfunding online. I got this. I'm a marketing guy. So we, so we, I launched a GoFundMe, put it up. And in less than 24 hours, we were already 600 of the way money raised. And then yesterday I went into a Starbucks once I got back locally and I met this kid and we got to hang out and then we did a Facebook live and just crushed it. And then we're now at like $1,400. So awesome. it's just, I love to quickly throw that in because it just, awesome. just fires me up. But yeah. it's like people like you too. It's like, don't assume that your condition that you might be born with or that you've, you've attained, you've attained due to right. some possible lifestyle mistakes is permanent. Right. Do something about it. And that's the beauty of functional medicine is the message is there's hope. Yeah. You know, there, there are things that you probably haven't explored that traditional medicine probably hasn't offered you that could offer you hope. So, you know, you guys have helped my family. My parents, like I said, to this day, still go to a chiropractor. Um, thanks to some of my impact, my, it's really hard to get your parents to listen to you. This is why you, you send your parents or your loved ones to professionals like you. Uh, but I did get my dad down to one diabetic medication. So uh, whether or not he will give me credit for that, <laughs> we'll see about that. But I got him to, I mean, he, he, he followed one of my protocols and I got him down 35 pounds and my mom down 30 pounds. Awesome. But that was like four or five years ago. And I told him, like, this is a process. You have to build consistency. Can you talk to consistency, please? <laughs> yeah, so consistency is really important. I tell patients, well, kind of in a different way, but it applies to this, that there's no pill, potion, or powder that's going to replace lifestyle changes. You know, there's no drug you can take. There's no supplement. I mean, yes, we advocate for supplements. We own a supplement company. But generally speaking, the consistency and the lifestyle changes, I mean, those are foundational. You have to do those. You have to incorporate that and you have to have a desire to change too. You know, some patients, I mean, we're, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. And if you don't desire to change, you're never going to change. And so it's really the mental shift 
that has to occur for patients. You know, patients, some patients suffer and some people have a victim mentality. You have to choose and decide, I want to get better. I want to change my diet. I want to find answers and be consistent like you're saying. I, so I, I responsibility with that also. I'm loving this because when you have people close to you and you know they could be doing, they can be making better choices, it's hard. And unfortunately, it's taken me years of coaching um, <clears throat> people that I've worked with to realize that I can't save everyone. And you have to unfortunately just slowly trickle the knowledge. And when they're ready, they're ready. Yep. And that's hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, be because I know that they have to, I, mean, I was like, it's this, I hate the word diet. Hate is yeah. a strong word. And the word diet to me is a strong word. I am an advocate for lifestyle because I, I studied psychology when I did my marketing. And I tell people all the time, and I want to hear your perspective on this. Diet, unfortunately, due to marketing and magazines and all the commercials, has now deemed the word diet a short-term mindset. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to go on this diet for the next month. Oh, I'm going to go on this diet for the next week or two. So I can't, I can't use that word. I have to use lifestyle because lifestyle – I, I feel symbolizes a more long-term approach of adaptation. What, what do you feel about that? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where kind of back to when I was saying you're typically your father's um, demographic would be a great patient fit for us. Well, one, because they see the value financially and what they're paying for, but two, we want patients who generally desire to make changes, you know, come to see us. If someone just, I don't know, sees our, we don't even really advertise, but if they just saw our ad and scheduled an appointment, they probably aren't going to be a great fit for us because they have no. to be on board. <laughs> and they're going to be, they're probably still full of question marks. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be second guessing everything anyway. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a sad part too, because I it frustrates me when I see people, they wait until the last minute to make a decision. And then they want a quick fix. Yeah, that's right. Free. <laughs> they still want they. Oh, yeah, people listening to this. I have people in other countries listening to this too. Yes, I, I make fun of my own country all the time. I love the USA, but we are a classic example of impatient, short-minded. We want everything now society. And when it comes to your health, sorry guys, if you got that far down the negative pike it's or road, take a while to, yep. Right, yep. the reversal process. Yep. Come or on. The, re the rebuilding. That's again kind of the term that I use in my book. Oh, rebuilding. I like that. We have to. So the comparison, I'll maybe go this direction for a second. That I yeah. We know how to maintain our homes. We don't even think about it. We all mow our lawns, which who really cares about the grass? It's an aesthetic thing. But I mean, we're mowing our lawns. We're, but um, if you stop mowing your lawn for a month, it gets more like a wild prairie and the, and, and the species of grass starts changing too. It does, it does. Yep. Yeah. But we're, so we're mowing our lawns. We're keeping hair out of our drains. We're changing our furnace filters. We're doing all these things without really even thinking about it. They're just things we do to maintain our home, but we don't always know how to maintain our body or rebuild it, right? We, we know, okay, we should eat healthy. We should exercise. We should sleep, whatnot. But really to obtain, especially if you've lost good health, there are a lot of steps you need to take to truly rebuild your body. And that's really what I try to outline through the book. And chapter one is chapter one for a reason. It's all about gut health. It's all about, back to the inflammation you mentioned, quenching that fire. And for autoimmune diseases specifically, that, I mean, that's what Terry Wall's book is all about, is getting the inflammatory foods out of her gut to really reverse her condition. And so patients do have to make, back to that commitment, <laughs> long commitment to get many of the inflammatory foods out of their life. That's well, step one. We have to get that buy-in from patients. The, the gut biome is another huge sector. I mean, I, what's the book here? You ever hear of the microbiome solution? Uh-huh. Yeah. I probably have it on my shelf somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> what's this woman's name? 
Robin uh, Chutkin, Chutkin, whatever, yeah, right? That was my first book I read about anything about gut biology. Like I knew about gut biology and I understood microbiome, but I didn't really dig into it until her book. And I said, wow, it's a whole different level. Uh, And the funny thing is I live such a clean, healthy lifestyle, but I still do things. I'm still a human being. Like I still go have a glass of red wine or or I'll have a nice scotch, but I don't drink beer anymore. I don't. Like I am ant, I am anti-grain. I mean, yeah, yeah. Last night we were out to dinner, and the special was, I don't know, swordfish. I think I got the swordfish, and I never get seafood as, as often as I want to. But I was like, oh, this is nice. But then like, oh, well, it comes with some kind of like barley or whatever. I'm like, just can you just double veggie me, please? Mm-hmm. Like, so I had some nice roasted Brussels sprouts and 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 a white asparagus. It was amazing. So I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but you, then even then you got to watch out for the sauces they put on it and, and what are they adding in for additional flavors and your meals at home although it's becoming I, sh- I i should say though five years ago it was more difficult to eat out it's becoming more easier to eat out now a lot of times i'll ask especially being dairy free i'll just ask the server what type sort of oil is will the vegetables be prepared in you know, are you yeah. gonna put butter all over my broccoli or is it gonna, what kind of oil and i usually ask ask them to prepare my food a certain way and normally restaurants are pretty accommodating they uh, if you're at a legit restaurant yes um i was actually traveling this week like i said earlier and i was at a restaurant where the menu said they put on there like please challenge us it said it on the menu wow they're like yeah this is so refreshing it was a very like new agey trendy trendy restaurant i was like wow like dude I'll challenge you. So, um, cause I, I mean, usually I have to, I feel bad. And then my fiance will make fun of me and she's like, why do you have to customize everything? Like the chef designed it that way for a reason. I'm like, but the chef doesn't understand health. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that drives me nuts. I think you can help clarify that. Yeah, some chefs or some, the, the, the cooking world does not un- fully understand microbiome and gut biology and, right. and how food, uh, food allergies. Uh, right. They're more looking at your palate, you know, what tastes good. Yeah. Sugar tastes good too. But, and but. sugar's addicting. <laughs> so that's why they want you to come back. That's why another thing I learned from my client, Vinny, the guy who owns NSNG, he said, dude, just put olive oil on your salad and be done with it. Stop. Yep. Don't that's use any store-bought dressings. They all have sugar or some form of sugar in it. Yep. It's, it's not healthy. That's what I do every day. Olive oil yeah. and salt. I do put sea salt on my salad too. Yeah. Oh, man, you want some, you want some liquid crack? Um Try Villa Capelli olive oil. Mm. It's, it comes from Poya, Italy. They, they have a, actually the distribution center is right here in Pennsylvania. Uh, so amazing couple of guys. They were from the U.S., but the one guy, is, his name is Paul Capelli, and his husband is uh, Steve Crutchfield, Stephen Crutchfield. But oh my God. I mean, they, he's, I learned all about, uh, you ever read the book Extra Virginity? Uh-uh, the, no. Oh, the, the horror story behind olive oil in this country, how it's all been cut with other oils, and you're not actually getting pure yep. extra virgin olive oil. I saw so, a Netflix documentary on that. I think it well, was kind of rotten. It is so it. true, and that book is amazing. People need to understand that. So, yeah. Because people are they're cutting it with vegetable oils and corn oils, and when you superheat those things, mm-hmm. no. Bad things happen. <laughs> but when you drink a Villa Capelli, I do shots of it. I do shots of Villa Capelli. Yeah. It has this pet this like peppery aftertaste because it's so pure because they actually like they have these big old fashioned stone grinders and they grind all the olives up. It's yeah. it's the way it was done, but they ship it direct pure. I buy them in three liter tins. So, uh, but if you ever want to try them out, I have a discount code fuel F U E L save ten percent. <laughs> so because I love them so much, um, I'm actually gonna I'm planning 
our uh, our honeymoon there. I want to because they, wow. they guys restored this beautiful old Italian villa where their olive oil farm is, and wow. now it's like a destination that they'll people can go there and have a wedding there if they wanted to and stuff like that. So I just want to go finally meet these guys. Like they've been on the podcast and I I share their stuff on social media, but we've never actually met. Cool. <laughs> so. But again, it goes back to the purity of your food mm-hmm. and cleaning up the diet, as you've helped really clarify today. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. Let's be real, right? Come on. This, all this stuff that you and I have talked about in this episode today, this is all hard for some people, right? I think it's really difficult to get initiated, to, again, back to changing those habits. Yeah. Um, but once you get rocking and rolling, it becomes much easier. Cravings lessen. You know, I mean, once patients really, once they get their, again, their body trained or whatever you want to call it, you know, they incorporate good habits, then it becomes so much easier. And most patients report that, that they were so, skeptical at the beginning, but once they start feeling better, then they're all in. So when it comes to like your book, as well as your practice, would you say that part of your teachings is around the fact of like, okay, celebrate the little wins as they come, because oh, yeah. that's, that's going to help fuel yeah. the fire, Yeah. but still be patient with the process is I think the biggest thing. I'm not perfect. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And because we are all impatient, we want, we, we all want to be cured, so to speak. Right. (laughs) And and live a healthier lifestyle. But I think the biggest issue that I constantly see is that a lot of us are impatient or we, we expect the world to to be fixed in, in 30 days. And I'm like, guys, depending on where you're at before, I tell you all the time from a legit body transformation, because I've been doing this for a while. I tell people, give it, give it 16 weeks. I can do a lot. You, you can see an amazing shock in the first 30 days. Yep. But with your knowledge of hormones, you know that that first 30 days is, is still remodeling. Yep. 60 days, 90 days. Now you're building some sustainability. 16 weeks, you should have started, you should have built a nice platform. And now it should be easier to sustain that. Am yes. I wrong on that? How's that yep. on you? With lifestyle changes, I would say absolutely. The one caveat, the one difference is if someone does pursue hormone replacement therapy. Ah. Well, that can kick in. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but that can kick in rather quickly. And then sometimes, again, when- Now, is that the pellet stuff that we saw in your bio? Yeah. Okay. I have, I have, I have talked about it, and that's, 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 that's your company, right? Well, not my company, but I'm a certified provider. Oh, through, yes. Through- Bio-T. Yep. Yep. So why do people- replace all right my thing is this it's kind of like a drug right like so you have to replace your hormones until you've helped your body mm-hmm. get healthy enough to make the hormone on its own again right like yeah. you're not trying to keep people on that stuff the rest of their life right so there's kind of two types of clients that come to us one that they want hormones and they want hormones the rest of their life <laughs> they're not going to make diet changes they're not, you know they're not going to what we focus this entire podcast on so not- it's become a supplement for them Yes. But then there are also patients who you get them feeling better and they realize, you know, functional medicine has really um, opened their eyes and their lens has, you know, been changed and they are willing to make changes. And many times when patients do on my website, I have a little um, PDF, three tips to boost your hormones naturally, you know, Is it on your main IHH site. Uh, actually that's on the, your longevity blueprint website where the book and the supplements and oh. I, uh, uh-huh. that are on. Uh, Let's go ahead and fire up a little screen share. (laughs) Where we got that at? Well, actually, I should say you have to. um, Oh, we have to have a special link. Well, I think there should be a pop up. Oh, it was. I already let me refresh. uh, Or here, right in the middle of the page. Scroll down just a hair. Oh, okay. One second, I I refreshed the browser to see if the pop up would come up. There, free, right there in the middle. Right there. 
Top three tips to boost your hormones naturally. There you go. <laughs> so patients who will heed that advice, you know, reducing stress is huge. Reducing toxin exposure, which also involves clean eating, right? And fixing nutritional deficiencies. Many of those patients are able to lessen their need for hormone replacement therapy. But okay. such a toxic world, we have patients who have overexercised or have had chronic high stress for years or whatnot. It's going to take a long time for them to rebuild their body. And I think there is a time and place for hormone replacement therapy for those patients to get them feeling better quicker. But absolutely the best long-term solution is to get their ultimate buy-in to also make you know, the lifestyle changes long-term. So, so with, with BioT, yeah. so what I'm hearing is, yes, if, if, you, if you, the consumer, the patient, choose to supplement the rest of your life, that is your choice. Correct. But it sounds like ethically from your education, you are going to teach people like, guys, this is just temporary. We don't have to be on this forever. We're just kind of reprogramming and hitting the reset switch. Is that what I'm hearing? And then if you want to go off, we'll help you trickle off as long as sure. you do the other yeah. things. Yes. I want to meet patients where they're at. Um, so some patients, they have very high chronic stress and they are just, things are not going to change. Other patients are able to make some of those changes. So again, I meet patients where they're at and we have patients on both ends of the, the spectrum. Interesting. So would you say, obviously your core practice and then there's the BioT sector of it. Is yeah. the BioT component becoming more and more of a frequency of, of involvement? Are you doing it more? Yeah. I, okay. So we offer all forms of hormone replacement therapy for patients. And, you know, if we think of a menopausal woman who has had a hysterectomy, hmm. there's no supplement that she's going to be able to take that's going to replace her ovaries, right? Her ovaries are gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a time and place where patients, there's, there's not a lot they can do nutritionally if they don't have the organs necessary to produce the hormones. If then they're symptomatic, they may need hormones the rest right. of their life, right? Um, so we offer topicals, gels and creams, although they're not not my favorite. They're not the preferred form. Is there injectables too? Yes, those are all synthetic. So I do not like to offer those. Oh, okay. Not Good clarification. Synthetic. Glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are sublingual lozenges you can put under your tongue. But BioT, we believe, is the most potent, safest delivery method. So BioT stands for bioidentical testosterone, estrogen, um, delivered in hormone pellets. So they're almost like little grains of rice, little skinny Tic Tacs almost, <laughs> that we implant under the fatty tissue on the kind of lower hip, upper bottom area. So we numb up the patient just like if you're going to the dentist and they numb up your mouth. Okay. And then BioT has a very specific dosing. There's an algorithm online where we put all the patient's labs, their symptoms, their height, their weight, if they've had a hysterectomy, all of that data into the computer for very refined dosing for that patient. Um, those pellets are released based on cardiac output. So if a patient's exercising very vigorously, we, I live in Iowa and Ragbri, I don't know if you're familiar with Ragbri, but that's where people cycle across the full state over a week. Every oh summer, yeah. Yeah. Every summer here. So I have patients who exercise very vigorously and those patients fly through their pellets more because they're exercising, you know, so much. Um, so that's one form of having testosterone and estrogen replaced that is actually safe, even for patients who smoke or have blood clotting disorders, because mm. the hormones aren't going through the gut and the liver at all. We're placing them on the fatty tissue in the back there. And, and that's what gave hormone replacement therapy a bad rap was hormones taken orally in that women's health initiative study. All the hormones were synthetic. They were horsier. And I mean, that's, that's, Ooh, that just sounds lovely. My, my fiance is an equine vet doctor, so Interesting. Um, yeah. I have regular access to that if you want, but no, that does not sound enjoyable. 
that the, the findings of that study were that hormones increased cancer risk, and that's not something we want to replicate with our patients whatsoever. No. So we provide something different for the patients in need that is safe. So the the implantable the implantable yeah. pellet yeah. um, is basically a time released capsule, so to speak. Yeah, so the more your heart's beating, the more blood is flowing past the pellet, bringing it into the bloodstream when needed. And when you're okay. sleeping, you're not going to need as much, right? right? Versus if you were taking an injection or a pill or whatnot, those are going to be released differently. Well, and I, I learned about that stuff, like you were talking about under the tongue and things like that. Like, oh, for example, yeah. um, Vinny, the guy I was telling you about, he, he created the purest B12 supplement that I've ever seen. So he created it as a sublingual, and he sure. patented the process because he is anti-filler. Like he yeah. wants the purest yes. possible thing. So his carrier, or the D3 that he created has a calcium carrier. I think it's a magnesium carrier, whatever. It's like the tiniest little sublingual yeah. because he's somebody who suffers from not being able to absorb B12 in the digestive yeah. system. Sure. So he wanted to create a sublingual because he said it's better absorbable in that area. So it's interesting yeah. how, like what you're talking about, yeah. all these different components, depending on the person's biology. Yes. You might benefit from an oral. It sounds like everybody benefits from an insertable pellet. So, for the most part, they're, yes, I mean, they're very safe. Obviously, we're monitoring labs, we're monitoring symptoms. I mean, it's not that we just put in the patient the pellets in the patient and never see them again. Hmm. We obviously are following those patients, of course, but it is a, it's an awesome option that gives patients pretty quick relief. Do they, I have to ask, like, does it feel weird? I mean, <laughs> you got something put in your, put in your butt tissue is what I'm hearing. So is this something you notice it? It sounds like it, it sounds like it's, you said it's like it's a grain of rice or. They're usually deep enough that the patient can't, um, the patient doesn't feel them. However, sometimes if the patients like men in general don't have a lot of fat on their bottom, so, right. um, if they're pretty fit or whatnot. So men may be able to feel them. They may bruise a little more easily. My fiance um, does say that I don't have a big enough butt. <laughs> I got, I, I, I try, I do a lot of squats, but I'm six foot four. Come on. Um, so occasionally <laughs> there can be discomfort, of course, if we're inserting something into the tissue, but usually patients within a week, they're good to go. They heal up. And it's for men, it's a process that it's a procedure that's only twice per year. I was, I, that was my other question was like, what's the longevity? So that's, yeah. that's good then because I was worried. I mean, obviously anytime you insert a foreign object into the body, yeah. is there healing? Is there, it doesn't sound like you're doing any kind of stitch ups or anything like that, right? It's just a very, very minor uh, insertion. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, yes, we use Steri strips. It's a oh, teeny little nice. insert. I mean, incision about the size of the tip of your fingernail. We used to yeah. use strips, so yeah. I, I just love how the stuff has advanced. I mean, God, I'm trying to think about it. Twenty years ago, they never even thought about implantable hormone pellets. <laughs> I mean, and how long has BioT been around now? I don't know when they started, and I should know. Um, they started in Texas. Okay. And they've been around a long time. Hormone pellets are actually the most widely studied form of hormone replacement therapy, dating back to the 1950s in Europe. So That's some awesome. people think, oh, they're new and we don't know a lot about them, but actually they have been widely researched and studied and that's how we know the safety. safety. Interesting. So, wow. Yeah. See that, ladies and gentlemen, you learn about something new every day. That's why I was excited about the show. I told you that I'm going to be learning about stuff with you because I didn't, I've never had anybody on the show ever talking about BioT. We've never talked about hormone pellets. Um, obviously excited. For, I love the book, by the way. Did you have any branding issues with Blueprint, by the way? Because there's all that. There's a lot of Blueprint stuff coming out right, right now. Blueprint, yeah. Blueprint, Blueprint, like the yeah. Blueprint diet and all this other stuff, obviously. So the cool thing was you were able to carry the Blueprint from the book into your nutraceuticals company, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. 
Nice tie together, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, and I love the fact that you actually have a mitochondrial complex because yes. those are the power plants within your cells, ladies and gentlemen. I have that right here. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, I can also screen share for the video watchers too. Uh, that product is amazing for athletes. So when you think of, you know, exercising and whatnot, your body is constantly shoveling short chain fatty acids or um, we'll just say if your body's trying to make energy, right? So your body's shoveling fuel, um, mm -hmm. but the byproduct of creating energy or fire is smoke. And so what I'm trying to say is you essentially need antioxidants to protect you from that smoke that can be created as your body's creating energy. And so this product, it's a multivitamin, but it is loaded with antioxidants. Um, it has acetyl-L-carnitine, uh, alpha-lipoic acid, green tea. Oh, Dr. Anthony J, we're now we're talking about the carnitine and stuff. So, yeah. yes. Broccoli seed extract with a sulforaphane, inositol, resveratrol. I mean, it's just, it's loaded. And I, I actually, like I said, I'm pregnant, so I'm not taking this right now, even though it's on my desk. But, um, <laughs> well, it is kind of your company. I yeah. think you're, it's okay to have a few products around. So. so I know athletes, and I specifically have taken that product for years, feel much better. It's just a step. I just like to call it the Cadillac of multivitamins because it's a step up containing all those antioxidants. Well, you'll appreciate this. So have you, uh, you had to have heard since we all talk about fighting free radicals and the power of fish oils and everything else, mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on glutathione or specifically liposomal glutathione? Yeah, so we sell that here in our practice. I, I will say that we also offer IV nutritional therapy in our practice, so we can give glutathione IV intravenously at our practice. Oh, well, I haven't done that yet, but I mean, I, I tried, because like Anthony J doesn't have a loyalty in any companies, but um, he approved me to try this one a few months ago that I found, we found that they only sell it through Amazon. Uh, sure. but after that DNA analysis that he did with me, sure. he found that my genetic markers, uh, say that I, I have a low, I, I need, I, I should try supplementing that. Yeah. yeah. So I so, did a 90 day cycle and then I took the past, I'm approaching 60 days off and then sure. I'm going to, I'm going to do another cycle again. My chiropractor actually has a, a liquid version that she sells. So yep. Yeah. We have all of the above. So let me go back to genetics are very important, but they're not the whole story, right? No, so just because no. you have a gene saying you probably need glutathione doesn't necessarily mean. And he even said, he's like, dude, yeah. cycle it and see if you notice yeah. a difference. He's like, you yeah. might not notice a difference. Right. So what we do with our patients, we look at their genes, but then we also run a nutritional analysis so I can see real time their glutathione levels and their oxidative stress markers to better gauge the need from a is that the Is that a blood, is, you get that from the blood test? We do blood and urine both. Um, well, so we don't run the test. We collect yeah. blood and urine and we send it to the lab for processing. Yeah. So my, my Cairo must have a lot of training similar to yours then because she, I asked her because I, we rushed that DNA thing so fast to get the podcast out there because I want to yeah. promote what he was doing that uh, he actually said, he said he would have preferred to have had a deep dive blood panel on me as yeah. well to balance his analysis. So yeah. he normally wouldn't put together an analysis just on the DNA genes. stuff. Right. Real-time data, yeah, combined with genes is the best. So patients do need glutathione. There are a couple ways to boost it. So just for the audience, glutathione is a master antioxidant in the body, very important for detoxification, very protective. So when we think of the aging process, we want to make sure we're not low on antioxidants mm -hmm. <laughs> to protect our cells. Whatnot. Keep those telomeres long. Exactly. So you could take N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor. It's an amino acid precursor. We sell that product as well. Um, like I said, that's in mitochondrial complex. But for a long time, the theory was that you couldn't just take glutathione because it wasn't well absorbed. And so you're mentioning better absorbed forms like the liposomal version. Yeah. We do have 
a capsule form here that I have retested patients over and over again, even myself and levels have improved. So we know patients are absorbing it, but we do have a sublingual liposomal version. Patients will hold under their tongue a few minutes and then swallow. So that's another option for patients. And then if they're really low, we're going to be recommending IVs to get those levels up. Wow. So would you say that just because I'm the crazy health and fitness nut and an endurance athlete, and I'm very clean with my diet, it, that, that helps, but it still doesn't fix if there's a deficiency, a natural occurring deficiency, correct? Correct. Especially if you're like genetically you know, predisposed to being lower. Yeah. Well, and again, he's, he, he found that marker. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to test that. He also found markers that confirm why I love coffee so much. I, I actually process caffeine 50% faster than most people. It, it just reinforced why I love coffee. Uh, that's, just, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, sweet. That just reinforces my lifestyle. But you also, I didn't know there's a marker, uh, like there's markers that signify if you're going to be more predispositioned to endurance training versus strength training. Yep. yep. And I've, I've always just naturally fallen to the endurance sports and never thought about it. And he said, no, he's like, you have the markers for that. Yeah, so yeah. super cool. Yeah. So part of the genes that from, from my genetic analysis that I found that I mentioned in my book too, unfortunately I had all the genes that set me up for having like a, an adrenaline storm, just super jazzed up. And that's me. Is he? Okay. <laughs> he says I have a hard time uh, displacing it or getting rid of it. Yeah. So, so like my fiance says I could be a real asshole sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if that's official medical um, way of saying it, but um, yeah. So I get a little one, bit pumped up. <laughs> one nutrient that we like, likely both need a lot of is magnesium. I mean, magnesium yes. is a soothing, calming mineral, and I, and I feel it. When I don't take my magnesium, I can absolutely feel it. I'm hooked okay. on it now. I, I never took any until almost a year ago, and now I take it every night before I go to bed. Yep, so. yep. Plus, the coffee you're drinking robs you of magnesium, so <laughs> now you further need more magnesium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've noticed a difference, though, especially yeah. if stress level management, stuff like that. Um, Yep. Even the glutathione, I think, has, has helped with that as well. I think it's a great combo um, yes. without me doing any further analysis. I've, I've just felt uh, the, the, the balance is much better. So yep. I, think so. I, I know when I don't go work out, I'm probably going to have a little too much adrenaline in me that day. <laughs> Need to get, some, get rid of some of that. Yeah. Is that actually a valid way of explaining that? Like if you, you and I hold yeah. on to that too long, you pretty much have to find a healthy way to expel it. Yes, that's a great, yeah, well said. Okay. Yes. But we also need to incorporate calming activities um, like yoga and deep breathing because we can't do that every single day. Right? Like I am working on my meditation. Yeah. I'm working on meditation and proper breathing. I do do yoga like every week, at least once a week. Uh, actually, I stopped for a while. And now in the past three weeks, we started it again, and I totally noticed the difference. Yeah. When I first started yoga, I was like, how do people do this? I can't sit still. I can't, you know, I couldn't yeah. even, I couldn't do it. And now you go, well, I go and I almost fall asleep because my body clearly needed that. You're, you're like my sister from another mother right now. It's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been there. Like when I used to, when I used to live in Colorado, I got into yoga a lot. And then when I moved back here to Pennsylvania, I kind of took a break from it. And I only did it when my friends were doing it and stuff like that. And I realized I was missing a, a key component. Uh, that's it's it's because again I got, I got the crazy adrenaline junkie sports and rock climbing and 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 skydiving and I mountain biking and everything else. It's like okay, well then I got crossed it, so I, I can expel the adrenaline. But to your point, I, I need more of a a zen balance as well. Yes, yes, and I learned that the hard way. So now I preach it because it, this it, is all in the book. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I get your book. All right. Well, I'm going to share that again too, ladies and gentlemen, because again, for the video watchers, uh, where's our book? Oh, oh, there it is. Barnes and Noble or Amazon, your longevity blueprint. And how oh, long has that been out there now? You can't, um, we launched, the book went out uh, Black Friday of November 17th, or 2017, so a little over a year. Oh, nice. Okay. And I will say, obviously, you can't really beat that price right there if you're a Barnes & Noble member, <laughs> but we will offer a 10% off code on our website if you use the code THANKSFUEL. For there we go. And, or the book. Fuel fans. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, fuel. I'm going to write that yeah. down. Yes. And that, that's a code. It's not a URL, right? Correct. Yeah. It would, that website that you were just on the, your longevity blueprint site, it, if you put anything in the shopping cart, then it would ask for a promo code and you certainly could use that. Awesome. Wait, so if I buy other stuff, does that work on that too? Yeah. Ooh, okay. And you, you say you do have a glutathione? You know what? We don't have one on the website okay. yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yet. sorry. Yeah. We have N-acetylcysteine, but we don't have, we sell it in the, in our practice. We sell, we have a huge, um, supply i would say of supplements but our specific brand is a little more limited i am intrigued about the mitochondrial complex though too so that's interesting because i'm such an athlete nut um because that's interesting i was looking at that profile but i also like the fact that you guys say you have a gut shield product too because yes there's so many people that are not going to be implementing some of these healthy practices we've discussed today so i'm not saying band-aid it but <laughs> can't hurt <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I don't take, uh, I, don't, I don't consume probiotics. I think that's, this is a whole other show. I mean, we've already gone pretty long here. We have to bring this show to an episode of close, but we could probably always have a follow-up show just on gut biology and how, I'll just say this, probiotics is like a guessing game unless you've done the tests. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, and that's where I think, I think the next few years is going to be very interesting because I think a lot of companies are now testing the microbiome in new ways or they are testing the microbiome in new ways that will help to personalize for the types of strains that your probiotics that patients need. But Do you guys work my, with Ubiome? Yeah. So that's one of the companies. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we work heavily with Genova Diagnostics. They're a big functional medicine lab in Georgia. Yep. And they run a stool test and they do map out some of the bacteria. So if patients are low in lactobacillus or bifidobacter species or whatnot, then we know we need to give the patients those strains. And that'll also tell us if they have bad bacteria, yeast overgrowth, parasites, whatnot. It looks at their digestion and absorption. It's a it's an awesome test. So that oh, can help us that absorption component is huge. Like yes. you can consume all the supplements you want, but yep. if you're not if you don't if you have a consumption issue or those or some of those products are overly processed or they have the wrong ingredients in them, you're just consuming very expensive vitamins and supplements and just peeing or you know expelling them out and never getting enough right. absorption out of it. So. so and back to the probiotics, I'm someone specifically who doesn't tolerate them well. I had, uh, and I explained this in my book, I had SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So my bacteria oh. counts were really high. I didn't need a lot more. They were causing more harm than good. And so, but that's just another example of how we try to personalize um, the treatment program for our patients because everyone's different. Not everybody needs a high potency probiotic. Some people do, don't get me wrong, but not everybody does. Wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to get this book because I I am <laughs> I got to hear the, all the rest of the backstory. I mean, the podcast has been amazing today, but I mean, you, you it sounds like I'm going to get so much more out of your backstory, and I have a feeling everything you've been through, I probably I could probably could probably pick little components out of all the stuff you've been through, and I could connect it to a lot of other people that I know. 
uh, and just different, different, different symptoms that they probably have experienced because it sounds like you've been through a lot. Well, that's my hope that others can learn from my journey. There we go. All right. So again, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to your longevity blueprint.com, score the book and look at other stuff. But again, use thanks fuel for your full fans and, uh, and save a little, it's the holiday season. You know, it's a thing. You might want to do that before 2019 because uh, we are going to air you before 2019. So awesome. I'm going to try and actually, you know, for the holiday season, I'm going to move some stuff around. Let's try and get this thing up during the holiday week next week. Cause we're recording this right before the Christmas holiday or whatever holiday you celebrate before new year's. So I'm going to make sure this is up before the new year. Uh, I love healthy influencers. So I try and put you guys to the forefront. You know, we can learn business day in day out. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else that you wanted to catch on today? Cause if not, you get the final words to help close out the show. So I, I wanted to see if there was anything all encompassing, uh, a message you want to leave behind for our listeners if they forget everything else that we reviewed today. Well, I think we, we emphasize the importance of eating clean and reducing stress. I mean, those are two awesome tips right there. So I think those are the biggest take homes. But then again, just my message is I've said this word a couple times, hope. That's in the back of the book. I list a lot of references for patients to find functional medicine providers near their, you know, wherever they're living, near their residence. So I, I don't, I think sometimes patients hear things or individuals may hear a message and it resonates, but then they don't know where to go from there. So if it resonates with you and you know you or a family member need functional medicine, don't give up. Find a provider who can help you repair and rebuild your body. You won't regret it. Mm, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get some repair going this holiday season. All right. Well, hang tight. We'll give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, again, yourlongevityblueprint.com, and you can use our discount code, thanksfuel. Uh, but also, again, if you just want to understand more about her practice and what they do and just all the different health services they impact, go to ihhclinic.com as well. So, again, thanks for tuning in to another super healthy Live the Fuel podcast episode. And uh, we want to send on nothing but healthy messages for you as we close out 2018 and enter into 2019. And I hope this episode, like many of our other healthy episodes, helps you do that. So, thanks for tuning in to another powerful the fuel show. And again, we're here to fuel your health, your business, your lifestyle. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to live the fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at live the fuel. And remember you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at live the fuel.com.